Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Talk about like what, what got you, what led you to, how was it intuitive to next thing was to make some apps? Well, um, it, well, a couple things happened. Um, one, I had, I was approached by, by one of my students and he said, I have an opportunity to create, um, uh, to get a grant to teach, uh, teach special needs kids and, and schools. So I said, well, let's, why don't we do improv? So we created, so together we created a, um, a program to teach uh, little games and we broke down improv games into little tiny bits. And uh, then I realized when, from working with the, the kids in the schools and the camps and other places that, and then I would bring it back to my students. They were going, oh my goodness, I need that too. So, um, so part of the, you know, so initially it came from helping the, helping the special needs kids for the activate your voice and how to, how to do that. And also from people knowing from, you know, as, play, as, as fellow trumpet players, you know, when you're running out of air, you have to tighten your stomach muscles oh, to push yeah. more sound out. Yeah. And I realized that when a lot of people don't use those muscles, so then they talk and then it falls away at the end. And so how to then integrate those muscles and use that. And that might, that was a little exercise. So uh, anyway, so I developed that really to, to, to help students uh, and, and to help the kids, you know, so that they could learn how to get louder at the end of a sentence rather than softer, because our emotions are usually at the end of a sentence, not the beginning. And then the other one, um, adding melody to your voice, there was uh, a conference, of, one, a virtual conference that was kind of in the new stages of it. And I thought, well, I'm just going, why don't I do something? And I just put on, a, uh, I had, had on um, a black uh, turtleneck and I had some white gloves and pulled my hair back and just showed how to do it like I was a mime and then created, created that to, once again, to help the kids as well as um, help um, you know, help the students. students yeah. And then, so I did that as the, the conference and then created an app out of that. So that's how it, things sort of come out organically out of need. I Absolutely. don't, I don't see, I don't try to capitalize on anything. I just sort of go, huh, let's, people need that. I'll do that. <laughs> when you were, so when you take us back to a little bit to when, cause I want to talk about kind of the future uh, or also the process, if you could take people through a uh, kind of a, and of course you have your books and all this, I want that we're going to continue to push because I want people to, to avail themselves of the resource, but how people could even get into the field, they get started where they would start from, but also kind of the future of the industry. I wanted to ask you about um, what makes a good audiobook experience. Cause you have a whole section about some of those just strategies and tactics and things that we should be aware of if a person is on the end of being the voice of that audiobook. What makes a good audiobook and what makes a you know one that is not as desirable? That what have you found? Well, the uh, and I'm in the middle of recording and, and editing an audiobook right now, so that's some like that's real top of mind. Uh, but there's it's you ha you're the voice of the narrator the author, 
the author has that story. If the author wants to become another gender or a different age, then that's, that's, but it's still coming from a place inside that, that author. And so the narrator is the most important part. That's the thread that connects us. And then we have the ancillary characters. And I think a lot of people just enjoy the process of showing off rather than the connection with the story. So I, I only work on things that I feel compelled to tell that story that, that, uh, that is resonating with me. And those, those projects seem to come to me because they resonate. Uh, and, you know, uh, but I think that, it, you know, and you know, there's certain ones that are just golden and other ones you're going like, well, there's a nugget in there that I really like, or this is challenging me in a different area. So as long as you're getting something out of it at the end, then I think that that's the, and the audience is, the audience is always the most important. And we just have to remember that. And we're just a vehicle for providing something to an audience. Well, I love, I love that uh, you spoke in, in your book about how, instead of, if you just treat it as whether you're speaking or acting or whatnot, if you speak, if you treat it that you're kind of speaking to a, a homogenous, almost monolith, it's, it's just lost. Versus if you are speaking to a specific, can you talk a little bit about that? That's a, that's a great one because uh, people say, I mean, one of the directions a lot of people will say is like, talk to someone, but talk to someone when, that's the part that's missing. Because you, you know that even your loved ones, there are different times you feel a different way based on what's going on. It's true. And so if you just take that person as a general human being, you know, uh, and you don't take that specific moment, then, it, then it's homogenized as well. So instead, we're picking that specific time that, spe- that, that opens us up emotionally. And it's funny, but we're, we're more open when we're on the telephone than we are in real life sometimes. Oh, wow. Can you explain why? Or just your, your When your we've been trained by that the phone, it's okay to then share and change emotions, bing, 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 like a ping pong game. But other, to- other times, you know, you're, you're checking the body language, you're checking all this other stuff to make sure everything's okay, and it gets homogenized as well. But when you're on the phone, you don't see how the other person's reacting. So you're just going, really, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, guess what? No, really? You know, we're just all over the map emotionally. We're on the phone. But imagine doing that in a real conversation. Really? Oh, you were like, oh, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. So, but because we know... Well, with the exception of FaceTime or whatever, you know, uh, that that it's auditory. So we need to do more. We were trained that way. Yes. So that it's really a part of our history and our evolution that we're working on. And so how to use how we use that is what's important. So what if you were giving someone a, a you know, someone's listening, someone's watching and they're, they they want that process of I'm, you know, I'm looking to monetize my voice. I'm. You know, people have told me, you know, maybe someone got stopped when they were in a grocery store because someone overheard their conversation and they said, have you ever thought about doing voiceover work or have you ever thought about doing, you know, and they say, why do you have some for it? And then, no, I've never thought that. But what would be the process for someone who is, you know, in what would be like a one, two, three process to get someone on that road in that pathway? Well, first of all, that's I mean, that's what has people open the door. Uh, but it also makes the makes you an average person in the playing field, 
Almost everyone who's gotten into the, the voiceover world or the podcast world has, has been told that they have a good voice or they have good stories to tell. <laughs> so now that's millions of people, yeah. right? How do you distinguish yourself? Yeah. Uh, but so that's where you have to say now, what is your point of view? What is your, what's your game plan? If you're just doing it for money, it's not going to come from the heart. Thrill. You have to do it from, from the heart and organically, and then good things will happen from that. Maybe not in the time, time frame that you want. It might take longer, but mm -hmm. you're doing it from a place that is where it should come from. You know, so your heart and your gut. So what's step one for me? Step one is then uh, is uh, what I usually do is say, let's work, let's work on technique. Okay. So that you understand the, so your brain is then being filled with what to do. And that's how to use the body, how to interpret the script, what to, how do you use the instrument? Step two is then how do you find your subtext, which is that's where the making it mine comes in. And then step three is how do you add your history and your personality and your point of view to that, that makes it really unique to you. So first step, and I, I'm paraphrasing for just to make it really simple for people is you're saying they should, if, they, if a person is really interested in this, they should invest in going to go get trained. They should become, they should get trained because they have to develop their, as you said, what's your point of view? What is the, what is the kind of, what is the driver for you to do this? Is this a casual interest or is this really something that you're going to delve into that with, with a, with a real strong desire to, to help others or to make an impact because that's going to drive differently than, oh, I need to keep the, you know, I need to pay the light bill. Um, and no disrespect to people that got needs and all, cause we all have our stuff, but I'm saying if you're driven solely by the scarcity of I've got to pay for this or I've got to do that. You said it's going to come through and it's not going to last. When you can you take us back to how you the emotion that you experienced when you got started to get compensation from what your work, you know, and, and how you knew that as a direction of like, okay, I added value in this area. I need to keep going this direction. This is crazy. People pay me for this and I'm good at this. Well, I, I think that family is a uh is a reference to and a, and a humbling experience. <laughs> at the time I was doing this, uh, the family members, not my immediate one, but others were just like, well, that's just talking. That's just hot air. You know, they would rather see me see my elbow as an extra in a film because that's more tangible. <laughs> that was you. This, that was you. That's hilarious. this hot air that kind of goes through the universe and it doesn't have anything you can hold on to or see. So it's, so I think, uh, you know, like hearing it on the radio or seeing it on TV, you know, and, and doing that. But I think that that's also why I needed something tangible too, based on that, those experiences of how I was, uh, you know, that it's like, it's very hard to wrap someone's brain around. You're making money by talking. Right. So, <laughs> Okay. I think people now with podcasting has become you know, a bigger thing. People are getting it. But I think prior to that, and especially when I started in the eighties, it was just like, what? That's really strange. That's why, you know, like having done a bunch of toys, it's nice to hold that toy tangible. in your hand yeah. and have that voice that you've created come out of that toy because it's tangible. So we're in this very 
untangible place. So how did that feel when you when you got can you can you take us back to how you felt when you got you got compensated and then there was something tangible here. So it's like, yes, it was monetized. And then also, oh, man, look, there's a product that goes with this. Here's proof of this concept and this work that I did. So what I had to do was make it give it a, a value within what I wanted in life. So in the beginning, it would be like, okay, so that's a new television. That is, um, that's going to be a new computer. That's uh, a camcorder. I gave it a value so that I could hold, that I could touch. So it rather, I mean, it still had to pay bills and other stuff, but I tried to then in my mind say, this is what I get from that. That's good. So, so so then I knew if, you know, if it's a painting or it's something else, that's what voiceover got me. So you, that's cool. So then that, then how did you, so then that plays as well into how you started to determine and know your own worth and your value, right? Mm-hmm. You started to know your worth and what it was that you would, okay, this is how much I'm charging for this because you, you attached, you started to attach value. Can you take us through that process? Cause people have a lot of psychology around, they don't want to put a price, like, I don't know. And you know, this almost like, devaluation and false humility or maybe it's genuine humility but it's also a low self-value you know thank you for listening to today's episode do us a favor if this was useful in any way for you please go to itunes and leave us a review reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast if you'd like more information and to receive a free download rediscover your destiny go to ceoofdestiny.com Thanks again and tune in next time.